Good morning, church. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning bro. I hope yeah. you're as excited as I am oh, uh, to get I... into a great Bible study today. Yes. Get into one of my favorite things to talk about, and we're going to talk about strength. Oh, so we're over here to Psalm 84. Oh, the title of the lesson is Strength to Strength. Oh, strength. I hate to put him on the spot, but I got to do it. Our dear, our dear friend Simon here is a power lifter. Probably the strongest guy in the room right here. Oh, any who? Probably. Well, any, yeah, any who. See you working. Psalm 84 again, uh, Strength to Strength. <laughs> And uh, let's, let's, let's just jump right into it. Right, we'll start right here in verse 1. Come on, The Bible says, How lovely, mm. how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. Come on, bro. My soul yearns, my soul faints for the courts of the Lord. Mm. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. Wow. Even the swallow has a nest for herself where she may have her young. And it's a place near the altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, mm. blessed are those who dwell in your house, for they are ever praising you. Aww. You know, I think that describes what we've been doing for the first hour yeah. here this morning. That we are a people that... Man, there's no other place we'd rather be than we look at our schedules, because we do a schedule, right? Yeah. You look at your planners, you look at your calendar, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. My soul, my mind, my heart, they just cry out. There's eagerness, there's excitement. I just want to get to the house of God. Yes. Trying to get to his people, I just want to sing. Glory, glory. to the dwelling place of God. You know, it's very sad that uh, King David, in this passage of scripture, he is away from the temple. Most likely he wrote this song when he was living amongst the Philistines. Away, well not from the temple, but away from the Ark of the Covenant. Away from the tabernacle. David could not get into the presence of God at this time. And we get the heart of a man who's just like, God, I want to be amongst your people. I love David. He saw God in everything. He saw, David said, look, do you see the swallows? Do you see the birds? If you look in verse 3, even the birds, they can go and build a nest. The swallows, they build their home, and they are closer to you, God, than me. God, why can't I be with you? God, why can I not walk? with you. 
You know, in verse 4, David says, blessed. And what does blessed mean? He goes, happy are those who dwell, who live in your house, and who praise you. Let's keep reading right here in verse 5. It says, blessed are those whose strength yes. is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which is like a very ugly place, <laughs> if you understand geography, they make it into a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools. They, the pilgrims, they go from strength to strength on, until man. each appears before God oh, in Zion. Oh, this is where the title of the lesson comes from. Mm. You know, sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm barely going to make it to heaven. Yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to have daggers in my back. People are going to stab me in the back. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to crawl in. These church clothes are going to be torn. I'm worn out. Like, oh, God, I think I'll get there to be with I'll just see the pearly gates. I'll be like, God, God, drag me from Let me in. Open I made it. Bags under our eyes. Oh, hold them wrinkly if we make it that far. God, please. You know, and as much as we can kind of feel and think like, man, that's how we're going to get to heaven. But it's actually not what it says here in Psalm. The Bible says here, here's how you're going to walk into heaven. With strength. Yeah. With strength. You know, what is strength? Right? There's a few definitions. The ability to deal with difficult situations and maintain who you are as a person. Wow. The state or quality of being strong. Physical power. Right? The capacity to force your will wow. onto a situation. Come on, bro. This is strength. Right? It says vigor or force of feeling. This is strength. And it actually takes someone who is strong. Because what does it say? It says you go from what? From strength to? Strength. So you have to have strength yeah. to go to the next Strength. Come on. That, that's how we're going to get to heaven. Mm. Now, I don't know how you came up in here this morning. Mm. I don't know if you came up in here feeling strong. Mm. Well, guess what? You're going to have to get stronger. Yeah. Go from strength to strength. Yeah. Now, perhaps you came in here and you're like, well, I don't know if this lesson's for me because I came in here and I feel a little weak. Mm. I feel a little tired. I feel a little frazzled in my brain. I feel a little like, <sighs> he's talking about being able to get stuff done. I feel like I can't do that. Maybe you came in weak and you know what? That's okay. Mm. That's totally okay. Because by the end of this lesson, you're going to get strong. Come on. You're going to be strong. You're going to stay strong. And yeah. you're going to learn how to go from strength to strength. Teach us, bro. My first point, God looks to give you strength. Let's go over here to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. So whether you, you are strong... <laughs> whether you think you're strong mm. or whether you're weak, either way, either way, God is looking to give you strength. Mm. I, I should probably change the point. I should let me change it really quick. Because oh, God looks to give us strength. Because you know what? I need that strength too. God looks to give you strength. God looks to give me strength. God looks to give us Strength. Okay, you're turning over there. Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen. Come on, a very famous passage of scripture. Now he's talking to this king, who was who was kind of taken out. He wasn't committed to God. And let's look right here. Second Chronicles sixteen, verse nine. Again, learn about God. Right with this scripture, it's about you, but but focus on God first. Second Chronicles sixteen, nine. 
Come on. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Right? Again, focus on God. God sits enthroned above the heaven, above all creation. God with all of the angels surrounding his throne, worshiping him day after day after day. If you study the scriptures, there's these cherubim and seraphim and there's fire and there's thunder. And the, and the floor of God's throne room looks like diamonds and emeralds and rubies, like a sea of glass. And God sits there, Jesus at his right hand, all creation, worshiping the almighty gods. Come on. Nonstop. Mm. That's where God is right now. But God is not focused on that, funny enough. God's eyes look down from heaven and he searches the earth. He's yeah. going to every continent. God sees all 8 billion people of all languages, of all cultures. Yeah. His eyes go throughout the earth all at once and he's looking and looking and searching and he's not looking for physical. God looks deep into the mind, the heart, and the soul of every single person. Come on, bro. And what is he looking for? Not strength. Funny enough, God is looking for those whose hearts are fully committed yeah. to him. Come on, bro. You know, I love that it doesn't say, God's looking for those who are committed to him. Yeah. It doesn't say that. It says those who are fully committed. Yeah, I'm talking about it, bro. Fully committed. 110%. Come on, bro. That if someone would look at your life, at your actions, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what, what, are you, what are you consumed by? That it would be evident just by how you walk, how you talk, what you're doing. Like, dang, that person is just committed to God. Yeah, come on. You know, we have workaholics. Yeah. We have schoolaholics. Yeah. We have those athletes who are like, they're so committed. They, they have like a championship level of commitments. Yeah. You know, Dylan brought it up. He totally stole my illustration here. Sorry, bro. But it's fine. It's totally great. It's totally great. I always heard about football. I always heard about football. I'm from California. We got some good football teams out here. Uh, we got modern day, right? So uh, we got some football teams, but make no mistake, all the California ballers, they go to the south to play football. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a lot of respect for the, the football players in the south, I'm not going to lie. And um, everyone's like, oh, Norman, oh, bro, the OU games, oh, bro, the OU games, oh, bro. I'm like, what's the hype? Like, I've been to football games before. Man, last night I saw it. Last night I was like, oh, my God. The whole city shuts down. There's a whole parade. Uh, people, I don't know if you know, over by the Lloyd Noble Center, people drive their RVs. On Thursday, people were, were setting up their RVs and camping just to watch a football game. And they don't miss. They like they, I can tell these people don't miss a game at all. Uh, everyone wears the right clothes, the right color. Uh, everyone does this, what? What? And I was like, what is it? I didn't get it. But I guess there's only one Oklahoma. Right? I was like, oh, wow, they're super committed. They're like all about it, man. People spend money. I mean, we were serving food. It was so expensive for the food, yeah. <laughs> right? People, people, they give their time. They give their energy. Yeah. They give their money yeah. all for a, a college football team. Yes. And even though we have great players, the majority of them won't be playing football, Fact. right? 1% of college athletes make the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so hyped up about these players. And we got a great team this year. We got a fantastic football team. I'm not down on them, but you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we're so committed to what? 
yeah. something temporary, mm. right? I mean, they got fireworks after every touchdown. They got planes flying oh, overhead. It was crazy. It, I was like, dude, this this is like the Super Bowl. Yeah. It, it was Jet nuts. Fuels. And we're so committed for what? For a sport like it's crazy to say, hey, come to church. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh you know, I, I don't know if I have time for that. It's crazy to say, hey, don't work on Sunday mornings. So you can be a church. Oh, you know, I don't know. Hey, how about we study the Bible a few times a week? I'm. <laughs> you ever invite someone to church to study the Bible? They're like, hey, what do you, what do you really got going on right now? I'm like nothing. Oh, cool! I want to buy you out to study the Bible, and they're like, "Oh, wait, I, uh, I just forgot." Everyone comes oh, real yeah. dumb, <laughs> real dumb, real quick. Oh, uh, I just forgot that I had these dinner plans. It's two p.m. No, no, but the dinner plan of the thing, and then my homework, and then my, you know, oh, my teacher just sent me an email. I got more homework. <laughs> I can't go to the And like, quite honestly, yeah, and I genuinely, genuinely. Just say, hey, no, it's not for me. Man. That's cool. I'm gonna look. You're saving my time. Bro. Yes. I'm saving your time. I'll shake. I res have the self respect. Like respect yourself. Like, hey, I don't want to do that. Come on, yeah. bro. Have a nice day. I'm not offended. Like, go. Have a great. There's thirty thousand other students. I'm gonna ask to study the God, to study the Bible, to get committed to God, to get full strength. Yeah. Like that's what I'm gonna do. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Gosh. You know. Um, this scripture is so counterintuitive mm -hmm. to human nature. This scripture doesn't make sense to us as people. Um, we really have to like read it and understand it. Uh, so it says, The eyes of the Lord reach throughout the whole earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. What comes first? Strength or commitment? Commitment. 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 However, most of us, what do we think? Strength. You know, I got to get strong enough to commit. Yeah. I got to get to a certain like level with God and then I can be committed to him. Oh, I have to stop doing a few bad things and then I'll be then I can read my Bible. Then I can start praying. I have to be a good enough person and then God will like allow me to be committed. No, that's backwards. Yeah. That's biblically backwards. Right? I believe it's because yeah. in this generation, in this time, we treat God like a product. Mm. Church has become a consumer. Like, what can church do for me? What can God do for me? It's a self-help thing. Like, I only pray when I'm going through a hard time, a.k.a. during finals. I only pray when my boyfriend or girlfriend brings up to me. Then I pray. And God is like a genie. He's a product. Church better entertain me and send me out into my week feeling good. And then, of course, it's hard. So I come back Sunday. You better, like, you better help me. Yeah. Right? That's Christianity. And the, the real problem, the real problem is this, is that we've turned church and God into like the free trial. Yeah. Mm. Like, like Netflix. It's like, hey, like, hey guys, we, we got you, we need you to commit. Oh. $12.99 every month for Netflix. But hey, if you're not sure, if you're not sure, you get what? 30 day, 30 day free trial. 30 day free trial. Try it out. Test it out. Dip your, dip your big toe into the water. See if it's warm before you dive in. Type thing. You know, we, we, we can't even we can't even pick in grocery stores what to buy. You go into a Costco. You go into a Winco. And what do they do? They're like, oh, like sample this, sample that, like just test it. You don't have to commit to, to spending ten dollars to buy these croissants. Like, just, it's a croissant. It's a croissant. Buy the freaking croissant. Have some breakfast. <laughs> right, like, but oh no, I got a sample. I got to check. I don't know. All right, well, you know, I'll be back in 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 uh, next month because Costco you buy like by the month. Right. And I'll be back next month, and then I might commit. Maybe. 
to buying the croissants. Uh, you got, uh, I, gotta, I gotta throw one more sample on the way out, just to remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the brother's household, uh, you don't got groceries, you go to Costco. Hey, just to, to look at the samples. Yeah, Alright, you're full. Then you go, and so, there we go. And so we've turned, we've turned God into like a, like a free trial. Like we want to sample, like we want to sample each church, like how's the Yelp review? We want to we do like this 30-day uh, trial of God. God's like, what are you talking about? Cool. You're talking about no wonder, no wonder you can't overcome your fears. Yeah. No wonder you can't overcome your insecurities. Like no wonder, like you're not, you don't feel strong. Of course, it makes sense. Let me tell you, if you feel that way today, not strong, get committed. Come on. Uh, that's the Bible. God would tell you get not even get committed, get fully committed. Get fully committed to God. Yeah. And He says, eyes. He's just looking into your mind and heart, and like, what are you gonna do? How can you get fully committed to God? It's very, very simple. Very simple. Change your schedule. Mm. Wednesday night, we got midweek church, 730. There you go. Yeah. Friday night, college service, 730. Yep. Sunday, 10 a.m., right here. Yes, on campus, not here in this room, but here. <laughs> here on campus, not to be clear. Right? Get really committed. Get, get, get committed to uh, uh, reading every day. Read your Bible every day. I don't yes. know where to start. Start in the book of John. Yeah. Read one chapter a day. And here's the thing. Take time to think about what you're reading. Yeah. That's yeah. most people, they read it, and like, I don't really, oh, okay, cool. Check, check. No, no, think about it. Yeah. Meditate on it. Process God's word. And take time every day to pray. Not for your food. Mm -hmm. Pray for your food, but that's not prayer, per se. Pray. Go, go give your heart to God. Go open up to God about how you're feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Ask Him for what you need. And thank God for everything He's already done. What did He do for me? Are you alive? Are you breathing? Do you have a hope, a purpose, a future for your life? Okay, then thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God, you know. Very sadly, Christianity is taught today as like, uh, 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 just just pray. Do a prayer and you're a Christian. What? <laughs> My Bible says get fully committed. Come on. I think of Mark chapter 1, 16 to 20. Jesus goes to call his first followers and yeah. what do they do? They drop their nets and they follow Jesus. Yeah. They get fully committed right away, day one. Yeah. Come on. You know, uh, I seen this one church. I'm not gonna say which church, but there it, it was. Uh, it was like uh, one of their pastors just came back, very famous pastor, and he goes, he goes, oh, he's back. We're gonna have a Jesus experience. What? Experience. Oh, what? You guys know experiences begin and end. So like a college experience is what four years, then it ends. Yeah. I'm not here to experience Jesus. Yeah. I'm here to be committed to God. Yeah. Yeah. Through Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm here to hold to his teachings. Yeah. I'm here to tell everyone about him for the rest of my life. It's not an experience. It's not a lifestyle. It's who we are. Let's go over here to Ephesians chapter 3. Ah. Let's go to Psalm 73, and then, oh, we'll, and then we'll jump to Ephesians. Psalm 73. A little, little detour here. Little detour here. I'll pick it right here in verse uh, 25. Come on, babe. Psalm 73 in verse 25. Come on, boy. Now, I love David here. Love it. He says right here, Whom have I in heaven but you? The earth. Has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart. God is my portion forever. Those who are far from you perish. 
You destroy those who are unfaithful. Dare I say, uncommitted. Ooh, come on, bro. But as for me, it is good. What's good for my life? As for you, as for me, it is good to be near to God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge, my safe place. Yeah. And I will tell of all your deeds. I'm going to flat share my faith. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Because I am near God. Come on, bro. You know, I appreciate our dear sister, Caitlin. Come on, Come on Caitlin. Caitlin. I, don't, I don't follow her on Facebook, not yet, but my wife does. And she's like, she's like, babe, look at, look at Caitlin's Facebook post. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I, like, I go and I read it, and I was like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. She posts on Facebook. She's like, oh, my gosh, ever since I started following God, yeah. ever on, since Caitlin. I gave my life to God, Come on, I, I see my purpose. I see my Ooh. life. Come I feel close to God. I see what's good. I see what God has for me. And not just for me. Christianity's not about a me, 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 selfish me, 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 me. <laughs> She's like, I get to go every day on campus and help women find what's good for them. And that's the Give me strength, like I walk into the gym, <laughs> like, I, 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 I just, you know, like lift a bunch of weight. What is this strength that God is talking about? You know, to be forceful. To we talked about it, but but what specifically strength? The strength. What is the strength that God gave us? Now Ephesians three. Okay. Oh, now Ephesians three. What kind of strength? Well, number one, we know we got to be close to God. Yeah. We got to have a deep times in the Bible. We gotta have a great prayer life. Uh, we gotta have a great sense of community, as it says in Psalm 84, dwell in the house of the Lord. Right? So we get strength from each other, from zeal. We get strength from convictions, from discipling. We get strength from singing to God. When you're walking with God, when, you're, when it's good for you and me to be what? To be close to God, to be near God. And God becomes our strength. What is that? What is that strength? Ephesians chapter 3, pick up right here in verse 14. Come on, bro. Come on, Nate. You know, this is written to the church in Ephesus. This is written to disciples. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Mm. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted, being established in love, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people so that we can grasp how wide, long, high, and how deep is the love of Christ. Mm. To know this love surpasses knowledge that you and I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There it is. Come on. I hope you guys caught it. God loves us. Grasp that. It's wide. It's deep. It's long. It's the biggest thing that we could ever know. I'm from the West Coast, California, so I go to the beach and I just look in the Pacific Ocean. I'm like, it's huge. Yeah. God's love's bigger. Wow. If you've never been, I encourage you to go. It even says right here, it says that God 
actually strengthens us. God gives us power through his spirit. What spirit? It's your mind and heart. God's mind and heart, his spirit, goes into us in our inner being. That's the end of verse 16. The strength that God wants to give us, it's not physical, it's not necessarily, not necessarily outward strength, but it's a strength in the inner being of the person. Come on. Where their mind and heart is not their thoughts and their ideas, but God's mind and God's heart. It's God's spirit. Right. Come on. It even says, like right here, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to think about, right? It says right here at the end of verse 19, that, we'll, that we may, it's up to us, we may be filled. So we're like, like an empty cup. We have to be filled with what? It says the measure of the fullness of God. <laughs> that we're called to be, in a sense, like God. Not God, but like God. Yeah. To be full of him in us. Well, okay, who is God? Read in Exodus 34. God is gracious, mm -hmm. kind compassionate, slow to anger. Yet God takes a stand for what's right. He doesn't leave the sins unpunished. Mm -hmm. So that we as his people would be kind, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and to help everyone else deal with their sin Come through on. Jesus' death on the cross. And we'd say, we'd help save them. Yeah, That's it. That's what God wants to fill us up with. Come on, Bob. How do you know someone has inner strength? How do we know? Right? It's like, if I wanted to say this, how do we know that someone has Physical outer strength. What would we do? Yeah, we test their strength. We test their strength. How would we test someone's strength? Well, you go to the gym. You put a certain amount of weight, and, and then if I want to test their legs, it's just a squat. If I want to test their chest, it's a, it's a bench press. And so those tests of strength show how strong someone is. That's outer strength. What about, as it says here, inner strength? What about inner strength? Yes. The great test is hardship. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes hardship doesn't mean that it's something negative. Sometimes hardship is just this. We're trying to build a church here. We're trying to grow to 50 by the end of December. We're trying to have inaugural service with 200 people on Sunday. And it's hard. It's hard. It takes hard work. It takes hard teaching. It takes hard commitment. And we just go, and we go, and we grind, and we grind, and we grind, and, we, and, and then we fundraise money, and we work again, and then, oh, oh, we're tired. You're in the gym, you're on the treadmill, spiritually. And, we're, and we might be getting tired, we might be like, oh my God, I'm losing strength. You might, oh my God, I've never like, been pushed this fast, I've never had to work this hard to build a great and mighty church, to build a house of God. It's okay. It's a test of yours and my inner strength. Talk about it, bro. Come on, bro. Do we have great endurance? Do we have great mental and emotional focus? There we go. There we go. Right? On, Do we have a great bandwidth so that we work hard, 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 and we get tired? We quickly recharge. We go to God and then we work more. Come on. How's your inner strength? If you're full of God, if you're full of His Spirit, you, you feel great. Yeah. 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 You're sitting here and you're like, yes. Yeah. yeah. You're like, give me more. Come on. Come on. Come on, Nate. You know, I think this can relate to uh, the brothers a lot, all the gym analogies and this and that. But in Proverbs 31, 25, write this down. It says she is clothed with strength. That God expects the women, God expects his daughters to be clothed, to be covered with strength. No amount of anxiety and tiredness and physical problems would hold her back. Yeah. It says right after she laughs. 
that our sisters will be clothed with a great sense of joy. What do they laugh at? It says the days to come. Come on, sister. There's no fear of the future. There's no fear of like, oh my God, what's God going to do for me in six months, in one year, in three years, in five years? Oh my God, who am I going to make? No, just laugh. You laugh at the future because it belongs to God. He's got a man of God for you. He's got a family for you. He's got a purpose for you. Your job is to be strong now. Yeah. To take it day by day. To so let the Bible Come tell you who you are, my sisters. Come on, sisters. That the women in God's house would be clothed with strength. Let's go. We're a strong church. And I think that this is what God is going to do through us. Ephesians 3, verse 20, right where we left off. When we're full of God's inner strength, verse 20 says, Now, to Him, talking about God. Who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, than all we imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. When a church is strong, God does more. Yeah. More than we can measure, more than we can count. God does more than we can imagine. That your future, your job, your marriages, your families will be even more than what you thought. Come on. Better than all the Disney movies that we think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Brothers, you can become a better man than you ever thought you could be. Better than your, your fathers, your uncles, your grandpas. Yep. We don't have to be like that. We can be men full of God. This is who God has called us to be more. And when that happens, it says all generations change. Yeah. That the incoming freshman in OU four years from now, the incoming freshman class of 2026, you know what's waiting for them? Disciples. Yeah. A church not of 20, but of 50, of 80, of 100, of 200. Yes, in four years, this yeah. we could have 250 fired up Sooners. Boomers, but not booming for a football game. Not booming for a school, but booming for Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. My second point. Oh. And my last point. Oh. Now give me the hill country. Now give me the hill country. Yes, we've looked at the Psalms. Yes, we're talking about inner strength. But someone who's strong inside, you know what happens? They do great things outside. And so uh, I believe everything in the New Testament is definitely spiritual, right? It's definitely spiritual. That's good. But the Old Testament is the physical. Yes, sir. Right? So it's what happens when someone is spiritual. And in the Old Testament, you see what happens when people aren't spiritual. Um, and all right, well, you know, uh, am I just, is Nate just making that up? No, no, no. Let's go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, this is a New Testament scripture, right? This is Paul writing this. He's writing this to the church in Corinth. So he's writing this to people who are already saved, already Christians. Yep. Yep. Right? This is two, two disciples here. Yeah. Right? And it's in the New Testament. After Jesus died and resurrected. All right. What does he say? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact. I don't think we're ignorant church. Mm. Especially of the facts. So let's not be ignorant of the facts. I don't know, I want you to be ignorant of the facts, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. They passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud 
and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. In about five verses, he summed up the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And most of Joshua. That, that's like he just compressed it in about five verses. Because he assumes that we, the readers, would have a good knowledge and understanding of the Old Testament. And when we read the story of most of the Israelites, we would see God was with them. That they had to have faith. That they were baptized into Moses. And yet they didn't keep their faith. And they weren't able to enter into the promised land. That they died in the wilderness. Mm. How does that relate to us? Verse 6. It says, now these things occurred. These things happened as examples. As examples. To keep us from setting our hearts on evil things. As they did. To read the Old Testament is examples for us so that we will remain faithful to God. Come on. Right? It's, it's a pretty incredible story when you think about it. It's, uh, there's a, a man named Joseph, and he becomes second in command. This is the end of Genesis. Genesis like 34 to 50. He becomes in command, second in command of all of Egypt mm. under Pharaoh. Right, and so he moves Jacob, and he, uh, Jacob is Joseph's dad, and his twelve brothers, eleven brothers, he moves them all into Egypt. So it's like a family of twelve plus Jacob, so thirteen people, and these are all of the Israelites alive at the time. And from that one little family living in Egypt over years and years and years and years that go by, they grow to about two million people, men, women, and children. It says in Exodus that when they were being freed, it was 600,000 men, men being 20 and above and married. So we can assume double that plus the kids, it's a roughly 2 million people. Now they have been made slaves. They were oppressed and beaten and mistreated and forced to work by the Egyptians. And if you read in Exodus chapter 3, Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, he says, hey, get the people back to work so they don't have time to worship God. It's crazy, right? That work is slavery when it takes you away from God. Come on, bro. Um, And so God sees his people suffering. He goes, Moses, go and free my people. So Moses finally believes in his calling. And he goes and he has a very famous line. He goes to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. Come on, bro. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, go ahead. Let me ruin my economy. Let me ruin, ruin my country. Let me lose all of this free labor for a God that I don't believe in. Because he's Egyptian. They had other gods. Yeah. Right? No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> Pharaoh's like, ah, Moses, you're crazy. And then he tells the people, work harder. Yeah. So, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Now, Moses goes back to God. He's like, God, uh, our plan just to say, hey, Pharaoh, let, let people go. That plan, right? Like, huh? didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, oops. God goes, Moses, I got you, bro. Yeah. And through Moses, uh-huh. God's power is displayed as ten plagues yeah. Yeah. affect the whole country of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so the final plague is the Passover, where they have, the Israelites kill a lamb, put the blood on the door, and everyone inside the house is saved. Everyone outside the house, well, it's the death of the firstborn. Now, this represents the church. Those inside the church through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, are saved. And those outside are in Egypt or in the world and they'll die. Mm. 
Come on, bro. Now the goal is, yes, to get everyone inside the house. Amen. And so it's a representation of the church. Um, anyway, so after the ten plagues, uh, Pharaoh finally lets God's peoples go. And Moses, their leader, marches them out of Egypt. And on the third day of coming out of Egypt, at the third day, right? When did Jesus resurrect? On the third day. All right. Parallels here. <laughs> so they arrive at the Red Sea. They look back, and what's chasing after them? Pharaoh and the Egyptian army. This Pharaoh and the Egyptian army represents sin, Satan, darkness, slavery, oppression, right? That's all it's... That's what it represents spiritually, but it was physically happening, right? So they freak out. They're like, ah, what do we do? And God tells Moses, dude, put your staff in the, in the Red Sea. The Red Sea parts. It's this huge sea, almost like an ocean. It, it parts, and it's so big that two million people cross on through the water. Well, they're on dry land, but through water. They come up on the other side. The, the uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians, the sin, the darkness, Satan, tries to follow through. And what does God do with the water? He closes it. And it says it's all washed away, all the sin, yep. all Pharaoh Egypt. And uh, Paul said, hey, they were baptized into who? Moses. Into Moses. Mm. Right? And that represents a Christian baptism, right? We're not baptizing into Moses. Who are we baptized into? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. On, yes. Yes, God saves us. We're baptized into Jesus Christ. Yep. But then what did the Israelites get? They got the law. God yeah. gave him all the commandments on Mount Sinai, the Old Testament, 614 laws, including the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, if you want to be in relation with me, you have to obey my words. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, what is that? It's the Bible. The Bible is our standard. The Bible governs our community, yeah. governs our church, right? That, Come that's, on, bro. And we're in a relation with God through his word, yeah, right? through bro. his commands, through Jesus. Awesome. Great. Uh, God then says, hey, you have to keep marching through this desert, and I'm going to give you what? The promised land. Yeah. Come on, bro. The promised land. What's our great promised land? Yeah. It's heaven. That if we would follow God and be in a relationship Come with on, Him, Nate. when we die, yeah. we get to go to be with Him. We get yeah. to ca cash in, this important phrase, on His promises, the promise of what? Heaven. Yeah. And what's heaven? Is it like all the things that we wanted on earth but we <laughs> no. never got? Heaven is actually just being with God. Yeah. Yeah. We want to go to heaven. I want to be with God. That's what yeah. I'm about. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. That's the promise. I can be with God. Yes. Now, very sadly, the, the Israelites lose faith. Mm -hmm. They lose faith, and so God lets them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. What is wandering in the wilderness? What does that mean? It's the Christian life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not in the promised land yet, but we've got to wander around on earth for 40 years. And we have one job. Be faithful to God through His Word. That's it. That's our one job. Come on, bro. And if we do that, we'll get into the promised land. And if you read it, um, they cross over the Jordan River. To get in the promised land, the Jordan River represents death. Yeah. We die, we cross over the Jordan, and we get to go be with God. Come on. Come on. The promise. So that's how Paul would have seen the whole Old Testament story. Come on. Now that we have the context. Come on. <laughs> now that we have the context. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10.6, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil. Let's go over here to Numbers 13. Come, Come on, bro. bro. Again, my second point. Now give me this hill country. Come on. Numbers 13. Let's go, bro. Let's go, Nate. Come on. Now, they had just got the law from Mount Sinai. They had just got all the commands of God. They've seen the ten plagues. They've all crossed through the Red Sea. And God says, all right, you guys have my law. You guys, you know, came out of the ten plagues and all that. You're free. Go take the promised land. Before they go to the promised land, they have this idea. They have this idea. Hey, why don't we send 12 spies? 12 men to go into the promised land, spy out the land. 
come back and tell us, okay, this great plan, how do we attack? How do we take the promised land? How do we do that? So that, that sounds like a good plan. And God says, all right, fine. That's your plan? Fine. I'll work with it. Go do it. Go do it. The 12 men, 12, it even says 12 leaders of Israel, they go in, they spy out the promised land, they come back, and the people are excited. They're expecting some great plan to go and, you know, go to the promised land, and let's see what happens. Numbers chapter 13. Take it right here in uh, verse 26. Come on, Nate. Let's go, Nate. They came back to Moses, the 12 spies, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and guess what? God was right. It does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. So kind of a, they start off good, like, wow, like the promised land's great. God was right. Verse 28. But. Oh, no. It's like someone like, I want to follow the Bible, I want to follow God, but. Oh. 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 Okay. Verse 28. But. Look, the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified. They're very large. Uh, we even saw the descendants of Anak there, meaning big old giants. The Amalekites, they live in the Negev. The Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites, these big, powerful, powerful people, they live near the sea and along the Jordan. Oh, we're scared of people. Then Caleb Silence the people before Moses. Just shut up! Don't talk like that. Caleb said, we should go and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. Come on. But the men who went with Caleb, right? Caleb was part of the 12 spies. The other ones, they were like, no, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad, a bad report about the land they explored. Man. You know what happens when people become too big in your life? Wow. Check this out. The land, the land we explored devours the living. All the people are great size. Verse 33. We saw the Nephilim, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes. And we looked the same to them. Yeah, that's one thing I love about Oklahoma. I thought Texas had a lot of bugs. Back then I came here to Norman, Oklahoma, let me tell you. Them grasshoppers, they, they are all over. Oh, yeah. I'll be, be trying to go to bed at night. All over. And even though grasshoppers are typically small, typically, them grasshoppers here are fat. Yeah, they're big. I'll be feeding them grasshoppers, man. They're, they're huge. But but relative to a human, any grasshopper is still what? Small. Small. Right? You can get stepped on. I'm a giant to a grasshopper. And the Israelites, the Israelites, notice, notice what they said. It says, we seem like grasshoppers. We're small. We're tiny. We're weak. We're gonna get squished. Can God really use me? Can I keep working for him? Are we going to build a great church in Oklahoma? Ah, I'm a little grasshopper. No. There's 30,000 students at a church of just 20. Ah, grasshoppers. You know what's funny? We seem like grasshopper in our own eyes. But when all of the people of the land saw them, yeah. what happens? It says, we look the same to them. Mm. 
the people were like, you are small. <laughs> it was just a little people meeting in an old room. Yeah, you're small. Mm. You're not going to be doing anything great on OU. Ooh. Oh. <sighs> Isn't that funny? How you view yourself is yeah. actually how everyone's going to view you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Like, what if we were confident? Mm. Not that we're not, but what if we actually walked around strong? Mm. What if we actually walked around with some life force? Ooh. What if we believed in what we're doing even more? Wow. Yeah, what if we got some forceful here, right? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Then what are people going to think? Dang, mm. hey, look. There's like other clubs where they just sit and like talk about Jesus and, and they like play some music. But they're, look, if you really want a Bible study, if you really want to get committed, if you really want to know the scriptures and get deep convictions, yo, go study with, with Thrive Campus Machine. Dude, just come study with people who love God's word. How about that? This is, yeah. 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 This is a club so we can meet here. Yeah. Right? Go, let, let's get in the word of God. Yeah, come on, bro. Be powerful men and women that we love the Bible. Like, that's what we're here for. Come on. You know, we got to be like Joshua. And Caleb. Yeah, come on, bro. Mm. Full of faith. Caleb says, don't, don't bring those negative, bad reports in here. Uh, yeah. He goes, certainly we can do it. Why did Caleb have faith? He trusted God. Yeah. Yeah. He saw all God had done to get them even to this point. Yeah. But Caleb knew there's still a fight ahead. Yeah. Right. You know, sadly, the people of Israel and the 12 spies, they forgot this. Let's go over here, Isaiah 40. Come on, come on, come on bro. Isaiah chapter 40. I, I, I really think... That when we get faithless, when we get insecure, when we get the mindset of the grasshopper, mm. when we give in to the grasshopper mindset, we need to find a way to snap out of it. Right. Yeah. We need to find a way to set our hearts and minds on the truth. And the truth, because God is truth, it's God. We have to set our minds on God. How do I do that? I always have some scriptures that when I start to feel insecure, go. Um, I go to the Bible and I let the Bible tell me right. what to think and what to feel. Isaiah 40, look right here in verse 25. Oh, it says right here. God is talking. To who will you compare me? Who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes. Look to the heavens. Who created all these? It's he who brings out the starry host one by one. And calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power. Because of his mighty strength. Not even one star is missing. Wow. That's awesome. Come on, baby. This is God. This is my God. Supreme. Powerful. God, the God doesn't even have power. God is power. You have to understand that. God doesn't possess knowledge. He is knowledge. They got to understand who God is. Come on. Right? We, we just put this new telescope into space, Webster Telescope. Oh, and we're getting images of galaxies and nebulas and dwarfs and stars and suns that we could never see with the Hubble Telescope, as great as it was. And we're so blown away that the, the universe is expanding and, and balls of fire and gas and physics and black holes and wormholes. And it's like, we're so blown away. We're this tiny speck of dust relative to the universe on this little floating blue planet called Earth. Come on. We're tiny, we're insignificant in the infinite calculus of what we call life. Come on, bro. And yet, mm. in the palm of the hand of God, He holds everything. Yet God made all of these things just by opening His mouth. Yeah. He spoke and there was light. He created time. He said in the beginning, time started right there because He talked. Mm. When God breathed, life happens. 
Yeah, bro. But this is God. Look, he's so big. Come on, yes. bro. Come on, yes. It's not even funny. It's like wild. Like it's it's crazy. And then for us to be like, oh, I suck, and God can't use me. I don't know what we're gonna do to Dude, There's a God. Him, but do we? Yeah. Do we really believe? Yeah. God says, find someone equal to me. Mm. You can't. Come right. on, bro. No person, no job, no money. It's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't even want to talk about trying to find someone equal to God. That's just disgusting. Yeah. It's God. Come on, bro. Come on. No, people who are like, oh, yeah, like, God saved me. Like, oh, I don't gotta do anything. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Read your Bible. Man. The God of the universe wants to work through you. Yeah. We're yeah. saved, and the works are the best part to come after that. Yeah. Yes. What are you talking about? That the God of the universe lives in me and you? Let's go. Yeah. That's how I wake up every day. I wake up super tired. Like, it's ugly. It's ugly. And I go pray. I go read my Bible, and then I, I'm like, oh, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. People don't really know God. You know, most people are practical atheists. They sing the songs, they go to church, and then they live a life full of what? Worry, fear, anxiety. I'm like, dude, like, how do you, like, how do we, like, how do we function like that? Come on. Do you understand the God you claim to worship? Like, do we, do we, please, please tell me you understand the God. That we all claim to follow. Yeah, come on, please. Please. You know, on the flip side, there's people who don't believe in God. And you know what they need to do? Believe in God. And you know what they choose to believe? They choose to believe evolution. Like, are you telling me that there is yogurt? I'm not even joking. Yogurt with some little single cell organism that became, uh, became a, 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 an amoeba that became a, a tadpole, that became a frog, that became a velociraptor, that became a raccoon, that became a monkey, that became a bird, that all of a sudden came back to the ground, became a lizard, and then became a monkey and became a man. Oh. And this happened over, over 20 trillion years. Right, like by definition of science, you have to have observable facts. So I'd have to observe the, the tadpole, the monkey, the the bird, the amoeba. I'd have to see yeah. those change between species. Yeah. Yeah. Evolution on a macro level, macroevolution is a theory mm-hmm. that is unprovable by science because it's un- unobservable facts. Yeah. Yeah. Now microevolution, I believe it, it's, it's scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. Right? That like in the same species, right? Um, there's a Charles Darwin, right? And he studied the finches. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on Catalina Island. And the finches with the longer beaks survived because they could eat food. Yeah. The finches with the shorter beaks died off. And because uh, the finches with the longer beaks would mate and, and the finches would evolve, guess what finches came out of, of microevolution? Finches now have long beaks. Yeah. They evolved to have long beaks in order to survive. Yeah. That's true. We, we observed it. We took notes. We studied that microevolution. Yeah, it's true. So we got made it awesome. Well, what's crazy is Charles, Charles Darwin then takes evolution, right? And he gets people to buy into this idea of survival of the fittest. You've probably all heard this. Yeah. Yeah. Survival of the fittest? Yeah. And if there's no God, if there's no God, then all of creation, all of nature, all the stars, every human, it's just simple. Survival of the fittest. Mm. Right? And we think it's a simple concept we learned in our high school biology class. It's just what we think. But you know what? It's totally wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Totally wicked. Why? Because survival of the fittest over time, you know what it produces? Hey, you know what? 
I'm going to attack this country. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rob my neighbor. Yeah. I'm going to fight this person. Why? Well, because I can. Yeah. Evolution has made me bigger, faster, stronger, smarter to get guns, smarter to get technology. Yeah. I'm better. Mm -hmm. And so unless they can fend off my attacks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack them. I'm going to win. And I'm going to take what I want to take. And if you can't handle it, survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. You know why Hitler did what Hitler did? He thought they were fitter. Yep. He thought all Germans were fitter than the Jews. Mm -hmm. And people didn't like that. So, they, you know, the allies, the allied forces, Europe and America, and we fought against that. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so why did Hitler, he said, he, survival of the fittest. Come on, yeah. We're the fitter race. Mm -hmm. World War II, boom, just like that. So we either believe in an almighty God who's made every one of us and we live by his commands. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, go and spread his message all over the world. Or we live by, all right, survival of the fittest. Okay. Right? And then let's see how, that, how, that raise, how we raise our children, how we raise the next generation, how we treat people. Tell me, tell me how it goes for you. We grew up in a world like that. Then we apply that to the economy. We applied that same concept to the economy. Right? Hey, you're going to work minimum wage. I'm basically going to own you on your schedule, make you a slave. Right? Basically, you're going to take out a ton of student loans, then a loan for your car, and then a loan for your house. And then you have, you know how long a loan for a house is? 30 years. Dang. Yeah. You want a house, you're selling 30 years of your life okay. to some guy in a suit who says, well, my job pays me more than your job pays you. Mm. And because you couldn't get a higher paying job, I own you. Because mm. financially, I'm the fittest. It's a guys. It's a sick world. Yeah. Come on, bro. Some little concept that we think is no big deal. Oh, just evolution, just survival of the fittest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's ruined us. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Nate. I would much rather believe in a creator. Yeah. yeah. Who about wants it, to strengthen us? Who wants to give us the promised land? Mm -hmm. Come on. Who wants to save us? I would much rather take God's way over on, man's bro. way, yeah. over my way. Come on, Nate. Come on, bro. You know, let's go over here, Isaiah chapter 40. And we're just, we should still be there. It's right here in verse 28. Come on, Nate. This is God. still God talking right here. Isaiah 40, 28. Come on, Nate. Come on, Do bro. you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not grow tired. God does not grow weary. God's understanding no one can fathom. God gives strength to the weary. God increases the power of the weak. Even the youths, even the college students grow tired and weary. Even the young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar. On wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Mm. Oh, come on, bro. This is my God. Yep. Yeah, come this on, bro. is my hope. And I hope it's the same for you. Come on, bro. That I understand my limitations as a man. I'm not even a youth anymore. I'm old. I'm 30. I feel weird walking on campus inviting people to the Bible, man. It's hard for me. I feel like I'm going to faint every time there's a new TikTok dance and a new, a new thing that these youths got going on. I'm, I, I don't understand it. Let me tell you why I'm strong. My hope is in God. Come on. My hope is in His church. My hope is in the Bible. Yeah. My hope is in His Spirit living in me to give me strength. Come on, bro. I'm going to get to the end of my life someday. Whenever it comes, I'm going to get to the end. 
I'm gonna be strong, old man. Come on. And I'm gonna look back and I'm gonna be like, dude, in my 20s, in my prime, let me tell you what I did. Made disciples. Yeah. Served God. Come on. In my 30s, which I'm just, I'm 30. I had kids, I got, I got, I got very tiring. <laughs> but I got stronger. Yes, oh, sir. Right. We built a church for God. In my 40s, in my 50s, I'm raising up young men who can go build churches. Come on, bro. They're marrying strong, godly women who are going to the whole world to preach the word. Let's go, bro. I want to be, if I make it 70, 80, 90 years old, put me in my grave. Just going to say, this man loved God. Put his hope in him. Come on, that's all I want. Yeah, come on, bro. And that's all Caleb wanted. We'll close out right here at Joshua 14. Hold on. So you remember all those faithless people yep. who didn't think that God could give them promised land. You know what their weak, dead faith cost them? Cost them 40 years. Cost them 40 years in the wilderness. That's what your, your weak faith will do. So disrespect That's God. Wow. Hey, Come on, bro. Hey, Joshua 14, 11. Where is the verse? Jeez. It says right here. Come on, bro. He knows the Bible. Caleb said in verse 10. Oh, my gosh. Now then, <laughs> just as the Lord has promised me, he has kept me alive for 45 years. Yes. Since the time God said this to Moses while Israel moved in the wilderness. Caleb says, here I am today, 85 years old. Yes. I am still as strong today yep. as the day Moses sent me out. Yes. I am vigorous. I want to go out to battle now, just as I was then. Now give me this hill country yes. that the Lord promised me that day. Come on, bro. I believe our hill country is Oklahoma. Yes, sir. I believe that this land is promised to us by God. And if we would have the strength, God will use us to take the hill country. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Come on,